Hey everyone, it's Sunny Cadwallader, better known as Cad Chica, here with a special collection of Tuesday 10 with Cad Chica Sports. This month was the month of seconds. The second month of the year, second year in the history of Tuesday 10 with Cad Chica Sports here in February. It also marked the second year of my media partnership with Q1 Productions. Q1 is the host for the second annual Sports Fan Engagement Forum. The forum is a gathering of some of the leaders and innovators from around the world of sports to discuss the fan sports connection. Their specialties range from working in pro and college sports, as well as those working in media, broadcasting, and yes, even sponsorships. Now today, when I'm putting this collection together, it's February 27th and I'm getting ready to head to Kansas City, Missouri for the forum. I'm looking forward to actually having in real life IRLs meetings with the guests I interviewed this year on Tuesday 10. I wasn't able to go to the forum last year to meet my guests then, but this year there was no stopping me from going to Kansas City. In this podcast, you'll hear from four of the speakers that joined the show. Two are from the college sports world, one is from the world of Major League Soccer, and the other used to work in the sport of golf. But more on that in a minute. Up first, though, is someone I connected with thanks to Q1. Adam Ledyard is the Sports Information Director at East Texas Baptist University. At a small college, Adam faces different challenges than his large school counterparts. But as you'll hear, he is extremely resourceful and innovative and is helping make ETBU, as it is called, a leader in small school social media circles. Good afternoon, everyone. Yes, good afternoon. Not an evening time show. Welcome to Tuesday 10 with Cad Chica Sports. I am your host, Sonny Cadwallader, better known in the social media world as Cad Chica. Tuesday 10 is a conversation. Conversation that could be centered around 10 questions, 10 tips, or simply just 10 minutes long. But it's a conversation with leaders and up-and-comers in the world of sports for media broadcasting, business marketing, social media, and more. Today marks a series, a get, I welcome in a guest. Um, it's part of my media partnership, a media partnership that started with last year's Sports Fan Engagement Conference with Q1 Productions. Today is marks the second year that I am associated with Q1 Productions. My guest will be speaking at the Sports Fan Engagement Forum in Kansas City, Missouri, March 2nd and 3rd, and I will actually be there this year. I wasn't able to go last year, but I'm looking forward to meeting some of the leaders and innovators from around the sports, social media, sports digital landscape. And my guest today will be speaking there. He's from East Texas Baptist University. Please welcome in my guest, Adam Ledyard. Hey, Adam. Hello. Thanks for having me today. Well, thanks for joining us. Before we get started and before we, I do my little timer to make sure we stick to 10 minutes, why don't you give a sh short bio about yourself? Uh, I'm uh, originally from uh, Montpelier, Ohio, a small town in northwest uh, Ohio. I've uh, been married for almost 10 years, and I have three boys. I'm married to my wife's name is Thea, and I have uh, Samson, who's almost six, Ezekiel, that's four years old, and a nine-month-old named Daniel Cooper, who we call Coop. Been in sports information for 14 years now, uh, Division II, Division III, NAIA. I graduated from uh, Olivet Nazarene University in 1999, where I played one year of football and then uh, finished out my senior year helping with sports information. And I was a general speech and uh, broadcasting major there. I was introduced to sports information at Olivet Nazarene and then did my internship at Rollins College in Florida down in Orlando under Dean Hebel, who was a great mentor in this business. He got out of business about uh, five, six years ago. And then uh, from there, I've made several stops at small schools in, in Missouri, Texas, Illinois, and did a couple years uh, outside of the business working for a church and nonprofit. And then I've learned a lot, a lot of things within the business during that time with marketing, branding, uh, design, and everything like that. So that's kind of a, a short snippet of my bio and where I've been. And I've been able to travel across the country um, doing this, this business and, and sports information that I love. Well, good. It's glad to finally. I'm glad to finally meet you. I think we met. We met through Twitter, through probably the SM Sports hashtag, but we're also connected on not quite as popular social platform. Actually, a social app called Cyberdust. You are on there. 
ETBU is on there. Why don't you tell me a little bit about uh, what you're doing on Mark Cuban's CyberDust? Well, I, I'm doing more of a connection part of it, just meeting people on there, networking, um, going through and seeing who like the sports people are on there, uh, sports broadcasting, public relations, that sort of thing, and connecting with them. And then uh, ETBU, we were the first NCAA school to be on CyberDust, and we're doing, we're still trying to figure out, Dayton's the only other one on there that I know of, the Dayton Flyers, still trying to figure out how to really use CyberDust, but we're using it for more in-game, in-personal things with videos and pictures and uh, behind-the-scenes stuff from day-to-day -day, uh, with coaches and office shots and that sort of thing to bring a more personal perspective to the fan and whoever follows us to see what really happens at a collegiate level inside and out during games and during off-season, uh, during practice, that sort of thing. That's what we would like to use it for. And then uh, myself, it's it can get kind of addicting just going through reading everybody's blast, <laughs> seeing what they're talking about, and and just clicking on. You got to be careful because you could end up spending two hours on there just talking to somebody or or watching the blast. But that's kind of what I'm doing right now. I was introduced through it uh, when he he did the Ohio State Oregon national championship contest to get tickets, and I really wanted to go to that game because I'm a big Buckeye fan and tried to. That's how yeah. I really learned learned how to to get into cyber dust was doing it that way and. And unfortunately, I didn't win the tickets, but it was still fun getting to know people and watching those people win those tickets and then see them send out dust during the game, letting us know how cool it was to be in his suite. Yeah, yeah, your Big Ten beat my Pac-12, but we won't hold it against you here on the show. Um, moving on, one of the things I see in my daily job is, because I'm exposed to Twitter, I'm exposed to thousands of Twitter accounts on a daily basis. I see the difference between small school social media and big school social media. And it kind of reminds me, has the feel of a small business versus big business. Um, number one, is that accurate? And number two, what have been some of the challenges or benefits for you working at a small school? Yeah, I, I would say there's a small school to big school. There, there are different things with it. It just depends on how much time you want to put into it. Because small businesses, if they find one thing that they really do well with, they run with it, that's what they make their money on. Right. Um, that's what we've done at ETBU that I've done with Twitter and Facebook is we found our niche in that area and we've run with it. So some schools aren't trained. They don't understand how to use the social media aspect mm -hmm. of it. And that, that's not their fault. It's just something that, that is... is bloom so fast that uh, as one man shows as uh, at the smaller schools it's hard to learn some of that stuff if you yeah. if you don't get a chance to go to conferences or network you're not going to learn those things unless you pursue it out yourself and if you don't then you're not going to learn and so some of those places uh, they get so busy and and they don't have that time to really do that and so that's the challenge is, as a one person shows you don't have that chance to really uh, build up that network and understand what social media can do uh, like in a small business you could there's so many different little things that you want to do and you might right. put out there and and um, get too many things out there and then you got to figure out okay what I what do I really want to do best and so uh, I've kind of toned it down to the social media area here and that's what I focused on so uh, it, it is a different challenge from big school to small school because of staffing and that sort of thing yep. uh, but if you focus on that one area you can really make it strive and well and make it really uh, work towards you and what in publicizing the school. As far as challenges, uh, one of them, you know, is manpower. Um, at a small school, you have to be smart in what you do and how you do it. Right, and right. Do it. And um, partnering with uh, programs within the school, with uh, kinesiology, communications, English, mm -hmm. uh, some of that aspect, um, those are some of the challenges is the help. Uh, we're fortunate to be in a town that has another another college in it. I use their SID every now and then. We're close nice. to other schools in our conference, so every now and then we partner. I'm going to go over to Laterno University tonight and help Danny Campbell with their basketball game because she he's shorthanded. So that sort of thing. It's it's using the people around you and doing that. Uh, you know, if you see um, a department at school that that uh, you can go to and talk to their class about internships, that sort of thing. So the challenge is help. That's one of the challenges. Um, with it that I face here and then uh, but then working with that is going and building those relationships I've got a good relationship with the communications department with the kinesiology department if they see somebody that's interested in in, in sports they'll send them my way and so I've had 
uh, in two years I've had three or four interns come and help out and I've gone to two or three classes and spoke about internships, social media, athletic right. communications and what it can do for them and so um, you, yes there's challenges but there's ways to tackle those challenges. Um, some of the other okay. challenges where, where we're at is uh, battling the TV market we're in two. We're in between Shreveport and Tyler, Texas, and they both uh, cover our area. And so I've got to cater to both of those areas and and working with them and figuring out how to do that. Uh, and then at a small school, having multiple events on one day and how do you staff that when you have coming up in February 14th? I've got men's, women's basketball, baseball, softball, and tennis all playing at the oh same time on the same day. So it's figuring out how to do all that and working with coaches and your athletic director and training people how to get it all go off on the same day right. with live stats and video and everything like that. So uh, And then balancing the social media. I'm a social media nut. I've got 11 athletic accounts that I monitor on my phone. I've and, seen that, yeah. And so it's just um, I get a little crazy sometimes. My wife says you need to put your phone down. And so... Yep. Um, yes. the balance of social media and working and family and sometimes I let it overtake my life especially with the new the iPhone plus 6 plus I, I just I enjoy it too much and sometimes I gotta be like I gotta put it off to the side so those are some of the yeah. challenges the rewards uh, is seeing uh, student athletes get the get the awards that you Good. push them for um, yeah. seeing a television station pick up what you've done the video for instance on Saturday we had two game winner baskets, women's basketball at the buzzer, men's basketball with 1.7 seconds left, and I put them both on YouTube uh, together and um, sent them out to the television stations, emailed, and, and they both picked it up in both markets. So we were on television in both markets Saturday night using our players and things like that. So just seeing that and, um, and well, then seeing... Sounds, that sounds fascinating. I mean, with the with the access you have to those two towns, I mean, yes, there are challenges, but it sounds like you're you're able to pull whatever resources are available, whether it's a counterpart at another school or your interns. But one of the things that you mentioned that I was that I see I'm seizing upon is how you have to go out and and in a lot of cases find out your own information, learn on your own. And when we we talked before, one of the one of the things that you did last year was go to that Q1 sports fan sports fan engagement conference that was in Dallas Texas I believe this year it's in Kansas City what drew you to that conference was it was it just the location or was it the information available and how did it come about that you're going to be speaking there this year well it was just a dry phone call that I got from Q1 Sports because they were trying to get sports information directors from Texas to go and usually I'm leery of those things but when they sent me this stuff and I saw the information I was yeah. like I need to figure out how to go yeah. and so I started talking, uh, telling the people here that I want to go, and, and I had an athletic donor that said, hey, I like what you're doing. I'll give you the money to go. And so through that, then I, oh, I had awesome. the chance to go, and uh, it was just I wanted to go because of who was there and what was going on. And that's how I, I came of it. Uh, and once I got there, it was just uh, a plethora of information. And then this year... Uh, I took some of the stuff that I'd learned last year and implemented it this year for what I'm doing. So I emailed Q1 Sports and said, hey, this is what I learned last year. This is what I've implemented this year. Uh, last year you didn't have any small schools represented there. Would you like to have a small school represented? I'd be willing to come up, talk about what I've done on social media, fan engagement, uh, corporate sponsorships, and uh, show a little talk about what we've done here at ETBU. And, and they were like, yeah, that's great. We'd love to do that. And so one thing has led to another, and that's how I got involved with it. And now, now I get to go to Kansas City. Well, cool. I'm I'm looking forward to hearing about it. I will be in that panel. I mean, not I'm not in the panel, but I I will be listening. So I look forward to meeting you. I look forward to maybe we'll go out and have some barbecue or something because that's right. the place to go, right? Yeah, that'd be great. <laughs> well, thank you for joining the show. Why don't you give everybody a quick um. Inf quick bit of information about where they can connect with you and the East Texas Baptist Pirates, right? Is that right? Tigers. Tigers, sorry. Oh, that's <laughs> I okay. Uh, I, I told you I was, I'm was. i buried in school <laughs> all day long, so I, I messed up. My apologies. So that's okay. Uh, we're actually launching a new website tomorrow, goetbutigers.com. Uh, we're on uh, Facebook. So, uh, all of our social media is goetbutigers. Uh, you can follow me at Adam underscore Ledyard on Twitter, Adam.Ledyard on Facebook. 
And then I'm also on on LinkedIn. Just look up Adam Ledyard, and I'll show up there. So that's the meeting. Cyberdust. I'm on. And Cyberdust. Cyberdust. I'm I'm uh, Big Adam seventy seven. So <laughs> if you're on Cyberdust, uh, please follow me, and I'll give you a shout out, and we we'll see if we can get you some followers. There you go, and and trust me, he will, I and mean, he is pretty good on Cyberdust, on everything, everything that he touches. He he's mastering, and he's a good resource for you. But thanks for joining the show, Adam. Thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in to a special edition of Tuesday 10. Next week, I'm still finalizing guest details, but it will be a Super Bowl-oriented um, show, hopefully with maybe one or two NFL players joining the show. So follow me here, right here on Google+, plus Sunny Cadwallader, on Twitter and Instagram, at CadChica. My website is Kadshika Sports, covering the intersection of sports and social media from a, a very distinct fan perspective. And we thank you for joining the show. And also, find out more about Q1 Productions um, Q Sports Fan Engagement Conference, again, March 2nd and 3rd. If you are interested and you register, use the discount code CADCHICA, and you'll receive $100 off. My thanks to Adam and East Texas Baptist. My thanks to Q1, and thanks to all of you. We'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye. When Q1 provided me a list of speakers, there was one name I recognized immediately. Lauren Teague. Lauren Teague was a guest last summer on the show. Had nothing to do with Q1, but that was when she was working at the PGA Tour. Although she's no longer with the tour, her expertise and knowledge has landed her with one of the most respected and well-known names in social media, Jay Bear. Here's more. Good evening, everyone. Welcome to Tuesday 10 with Kadchika Sports. I am your host, Sunny Cadwallader, better known in the social and digital world as Kadchika. Tuesday 10 is a conversation. It could be 10 tips, 10 questions, or in the case of tonight, 10 minutes. It's a conversation with leaders and up-and-comers in the world of sports. And tonight my guest will be speaking at the Q1 Sports Fan Engagement Forum in Kansas City, Missouri, March 2nd and 3rd. Um, I am a media partner for the second year in a row. And I, I am looking forward to hearing from my guest. I will let you know later on how you can get $100 off your registration fee. And before we get go any further, let's bring on my guest, Lauren Teague. Hey, Lauren. Hi, Sunny. Thanks for having me. Thanks for joining us. Now, I did have you on the show last early summer, I believe, on Tuesday 10, and a lot has actually changed in your life, a major journey, if, if you will. You It took you from one end of the country, one corner of the country, to the other, uh, from the PGA Tour to Convince and Convert Media and working with Jay Bayer. Why didn't you tell me a little bit about that? So, yeah, the last time we spoke, I uh, I did. I, I wrapped up um, my time at the PGA Tour. Um, would have loved to stay. It was definitely still my dream job. But my husband got a great opportunity in Oregon, which is where I'm from. So um, having a young family and a great opportunity for him, um, we you know, just packed up, moved across the country, literally. He drove, I flew with our one-year-old, and uh, um, settled here in Oregon, which is great. So we had our own hashtag Oregon Trail journey, and uh, um, wasn't really sure what I was going to be doing next. Um, so luckily, um, through sports and social media, I've, I've been able to stay really well-connected. And, um, you know, handed, sent my resume to a handful of people, including Jay Bear, and just said, hey, you know, you know everybody, so do you know anybody in Portland who might give me a job? And I don't know if he ever passed on the resume, but, um, or if he just kept it for himself, but uh, asked me if I was interested in working with Convince and Convert and the consulting arm, and um, we uh, officially uh, got started together in December, so I'm his 10th employee and I'm on the consulting group side um, which is really awesome we work with B2B and B2C companies on digital strategy content marketing um, education just kinda really being an extra resource for people who are sitting in the seat that I, I was just in um, so it's it's a really nice way for me to 
um, stay, you know, do really high level work, um, right. but also be able to to take on some of my own projects or, or have the flexibility to, to also be a mom. So um, I, I love the team at Convince and Convert. I miss the team at PGA Tour Daily. Um, but I, I think I've got my dream job for my 20s was done. Oh, yeah. Now I've got my dream job for my 30s and, uh, and Jay says and beyond. So <laughs> Nice, nice. It, well, it seems like what you did at the PGA Tour helped prepare you to work with Jay Bayer and Convince and Convert. What were some of the social media initiatives that you either started or were involved in at the PGA Tour? So starting, I started at the PGA Tour in 2008. So I was, you know, the first social person ever hired by the PGA Tour. Um, so everything from launching, you know, the very first social channels, Facebook, YouTube, you know, convincing people to get let me tweet from the golf course and, and things like that. Um, and bringing, oh, wow. bringing the golf world along um, and, and helping shape that. So everything there. And uh, about three years ago, two or three years ago, I also transitioned into from just a strictly digital facing role into more of a digital slash communications role mm -hmm. there. So I was more integrated with bringing um, social throughout the business um, and helping our leaders, helping our tournaments, our players, um, you know, in, in more business strategy with social. Right. Um, I think it's, I think, you know, Jay says um, to the effect of uh, being, it's not good for business to be good, just be good at social media. It's good to be, uh, it's better to be good at business because of social media. And right. I, I kind of think that that's where I kind of evolved to there at, at the PGA Tour, um, where instead of producing day-to-day -day content because our team was so strong in the content roles, mm -hmm. that I could also do more on, on the strategy side. And that has definitely helped me transition into my new role where I'm actually coaching um, and, and helping other people develop business strategy around social media initiatives. Now, next month we mentioned that about the Q1 Sports Fan Engagement Forum, you're going to be speaking there. Mm -hmm. How did you hear about the forum and what kind of drew you to it? Uh, was it the PG, some of the work you did at PGA Tour or something else? Um, I heard about the sports forum um, because of the, you know, the great response I got last year. Um, this will be the second year of the event. And it was, it's kind of one of those things that, um, you know, early March is the start of golf season. It's, it's really hard for us to get uh, any travel away from the actual going to tournaments at that time. So um, I'm really excited this year to be going to uh, Kansas City for Q1 and um, and being able to speak is just an honor. I, um, I'm really grateful that they asked me to, to talk and I'll actually be talking on Google Plus as one of um, kind of the uncovered social platforms or underutilized social platforms for sports and fan engagement. Um, there are a lot of great sports uh, teams, leagues, and athletes using Google Plus right now, especially on, on an international level. But I kind of want to showcase how, you know, like three tips on how to use Google Plus to engage your fans um, in different ways. And you can do that using Hangouts. Obviously, we did a lot of that at the PGA Tour, um, just a whole year of a Hangout series, getting our players uh, more connected with our fans, getting our fans more connected with um, people in golf. And, and so kind of talking about that a little bit, um, talking about communities and talking a little bit about the future of Google Plus. And, um, and what really what makes really it different, different from the other social channels because that's the cool thing about social media. There's so many different channels, um, so many different ways to provide value to your fans and reach somebody on a specific level. So um, really excited to be talking about that on Monday morning and then very excited to be able to sit and relax and enjoy the rest of the conference and learn um, from everybody else who's speaking and attending for the next day and a half. Cool, to and I, I'm I'm glad I'm going. I actually finally get to meet you in person. We talked a couple a couple of times and you know DM'd each other on Twitter. So I'll be I'm glad I get to finally meet you. Yeah, I'm so excited to meet you. I'm so excited to meet the people on you know the hashtag chats, the Twitter chats and things, and and you know the people you've had on your uh, your Tuesday Ten shows leading up to the conference and actually getting to meet these people in real life. And it's probably my favorite thing about social, right? Is is like face-to-face -face is great, video chats yes. are great, hangouts are great, but when you actually get to sit down and break bread with someone, hash, yes. you know, hash it out and take in a game or something like that, it's just, it's full circle, and yeah. that's really where the value comes. 
I agree. Well, thanks. Our 10 minutes is just about up. Thanks for joining me tonight, Lauren. Well, happy to. And, you know, I can stay a couple more minutes if you have a couple questions. <laughs> well, okay. let, me, let me ask you then, okay. how is your golf game? Oh, um, non-existent, unfortunately. <laughs> I'm actually um, six and a half months pregnant, I guess that's right, and uh, expecting a baby in April. So um, it's just between the move and then the Oregon winter and the fact that now I have to swing around a belly, I just figured it was safer just to practice my putting in the living room. But let me tell you that my 18-month-old is, is developing a killer golf swing and, uh, and an affinity for the players um, that he is seen on TV, although I refer to them more as, like, Caleb's dad and Dash's dad <laughs> than, you know, like Jason or Baba or things like that. But... um. So oh, that's great. Golf is still very much a part of our household. It's just uh, I'll have to wait until maybe this spring or summer to, to find some time to develop. <laughs> <laughs> well, congratulations. I did, I, see, I didn't even know there was another a number two baby Teague coming. That's okay. <laughs> okay, well, let, why don't you let everybody know how they can connect up with you? Um, yeah, I'm still uh, on Twitter at Lauren T, T-E-E, -E, like the golf T. Um, and also on LinkedIn, Lauren Teague, uh, and uh, digital strategist these days for Convince and Convert, and uh, also my own projects. Um, and yeah, that's probably the best way to get in touch with me. And also here on Google Plus Plus, Lauren Teague, um, and Sunny obviously will have linked to that as well. Hit me up, especially if you are going to Q1. Um, or are going to be following along and you have either a suggestion of a best practice or a, or a sports brand that I should mention uh, and shout out from stage or, um, you know, a question that you might have that, you know, that would help uh, me give you value from on stage there at Q1. So uh, feel free to hit me up and leave that either in the comments or on my page. Be sure to get back to you. Excellent, and I know I'll, I'll be front and center asking you questions in the Google Plus one because I'm I, I love Google Plus, so yeah. I will be front and center. Good. <laughs> no tomatoes in hand, so it'll just be questions. Thanks, Sunny. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks to Lauren, and you can connect up with me. Uh, my website is cadchukasports.com. If you head on over there, you'll see a Q1 banner uh, indicating how you can register for the Q1 forum. Uh, use the code CADCHICA to receive $100 off your registration fee. Connect with me on Twitter and Instagram at CADCHICA. Also here on Google+, plus Sunny Kedwalader. Uh, LinkedIn as well, CADCHICA Sports and Facebook and Snapchat. And I just joined CyberDust, and I don't know why, but because I just did. Anyways, join. thanks for everyone for joining me. Join us next week when I will be joined by Chandrima Chatterjee. She is Communications Manager at Street Soccer USA. Street Soccer USA is an organization using sport for social change. Thanks everyone for tuning in and we'll talk to you next week. Bye everyone. As a Seattle Sounders fan, the Portland Timbers are the enemy. They are a bitter, bitter arch rival. But it's hard not to respect what they have done in the social and digital space. They understand their fan base and the passion they have for their beloved team, just like me with my Sounders. But their digital media director, Brian Costello, joined me to talk about the Timbers, their fans, and how does a guy with a double major in theater and history, as well as a minor in East Asia studies, he really does, folks, find himself working in sports. Tune in now. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to Tuesday 10 with Cad Chica Sports. I am your host, Sunny Cadwallader, better known as Cad Chica in the social media space. Tuesday 10 is a conversation. It could be 10 questions, 10 tips, or in the case of tonight, we're going to keep it, try and keep it to 10 minutes. But it's a conversation with leaders and up-and-comers in the world of sports for media broadcasting, business marketing, social media, and more. And tonight is the third installment. It's the third installment in a series as part of my media partnership with Q1 Productions. Q1 is hosting the Digital Sports Fan Engagement Forum. It's the second annual forum in Kansas City, Missouri, March 2nd and 3rd. It's bringing together some of the leaders and innovators that are really making a connection with the fans in the digital and social media space. And tonight my guest comes to us from the world of Major League Soccer. 
And he was gracious enough to say yes and continue to do say yes, even after he found out I was a Seattle Sounders fan. Please welcome in my guest from the Portland Timbers, Brian Costello. Hey, Brian, how are you? I'm great. I'm great. How are you? I'm doing good. Thanks for joining me on the show. Um, let's get this started. Why don't you tell everybody just a little bit about yourself? Uh, so I am the director of digital media for the Portland Timbers, uh, as well as the National Women's Soccer League, Portland Thorns FC. And uh, we also just launched uh, Portland Timbers 2, T2, in the USL. So I, I have my hands full handling digital content um, and narratives and social and a number of different uh, elements for three teams, basically. Oh, yeah. I was looking at your bio. Yeah, and I wasn't stalking you. I was just looking at your bio and your LinkedIn account. And you are a double major in theater and history as well as a minor in Eastern Asia studies. Oh, my goodness, Brian. How, how did you get from the theater and history and Eastern Asia all the way over to sports. Tell, I, tell me tell me that journey. Yeah, it's it's probably not the most direct journey into sports business um, or digital necessarily, but I think the through line for me uh, starting in college, um, going even really all the way back to high school, was a love of narrative. Um, mm -hmm. And with theater, it was all invented narratives versus right. history, which was actually real uh, narrative. So um, it gave me different perspectives and different ability to to combine them in different ways. And then as I and East Asian studies was I, that was just a, another element of of mainly my focus in history, but other elements too, and learning another language and how to communicate right. in another language because um, I studied Chinese. Um, so I think you know as I as I progressed from college, you know I worked um, I worked in advertising for a number of years. Um, uh, here in Portland and worked on with like clients like Nike and, and Microsoft and then I worked uh, I moved to New York and worked um, in independent filmmaking for a couple of years I came back here I was working for public broadcasting producing documentaries I kind of went back to my theater roots in some ways and worked at the Portland Institute for Contemporary Art and um, handled communications and public relations for them mm -hmm. and then you know, I, I, I was always a soccer fan. I was always a sports fan. I grew up in Minneapolis. I was a Twins fan, North Stars initially, and then Wild, Minnesota Vikings. Um, uh, soccer was not as big in Minnesota, but I grew up playing right. soccer all through high school. And then right. um, when I came out to Portland, I, as I said, I got into college, went to New York, came back here. Um, and I started, I started going to the games in, um, I guess it was... 2000, it was before MLS, so 2007, 2008, and I started kind of attending games, and uh, the World Cup was coming in there, and I started writing about the team for a local publication, and um, the position opened up with the Timbers, and I was doing a story on the Timbers, and one thing led to another, uh, yes. uh, got, got connected with the groups at the Timbers, and they were looking for digital media and they wanted somebody that ultimately what I took when I sort of interviewed and, and, and went mm -hmm. forward in the process I said you know this is an opportunity to tell the story of the team um, through all sorts of different digital tools and methods whether it's video whether it's written whether it's social um, and right. you know th that the other thing was is, I mean there's tools that I use now that didn't even exist five yeah. years ago when I started so um, but I think, you know, the path that's always driven me in all the stuff I've done is really stories, storytelling and narrative. Yes. Um, you said that you grew up, at, you know, involved in soccer and writing for, uh, writing about the Timbers. The Timbers fan base is pretty passionate. I know this as a Seattle Sounders fan that we, I mean, all of all of the Cascadia Cup teams, whether it's Vancouver Whitecaps, Seattle Sounders, Portland, there's just a different kind of passion. Now, does that type of passion pose a challenge for you and your team, and as to to meet that level of passion in in the content that you provide, whether it's through the social or the digital space? Completely. I mean. Uh, I, I liken it to feeding the beast, you know, I mean, mm -hmm. um, but, it, but with that, you, we have to also remember that there's different levels of fandom, even here, uh, while there is an unbelievable fan base here and incredible sellouts, there's still always the push to broaden that fan base, and there's different levels of, 
of knowledge and involvement around mm -hmm. the club. I mean, you have your hardcore right. Timbers Army people that have been following the team for years, and and some of those even go back to the 70s with the NESL Timbers. And then you and then there's still people here where soccer is a new thing, and 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 has been a new thing since they came into MLS. So I think, and the the great thing about what we can do with digital. Um, and social is that we can involve and, and, and engage with a number of different kinds of fans, a um, number of different locations, honestly, um, and present content that hits at different spots between, you know, really deep kind of um, more tactical discussions um, and interviews to, you know, feature pieces that are sort of like getting to know guys. And, and mm -hmm. sometimes the same fan wants to see both. Um, but people, we, we try to build content that that's that I think the biggest keyword that we keep coming back to, um, both in, in the digital team that I work with, but also as a club, is authenticity. Yep. You know, is it is it real? Is it authentic? Does it does it speak to people in a way that that they'll relate to and wanna and wanna learn about? And 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 is it an accurate portrayal of what we want to show as a club? Right. Let me give a quick shout out to one of our viewers, Hamia Voss. Thank you for tuning in to Tuesday 10 with Cad Chica Sports and my guest, Brian Costello. Uh, yes, I got it right again. Thank you. Um, some of what you were just talking about, I'm guessing, is going to be part of the Q1 sports panel that you will be talking on. Is that correct? Yeah, very much so. I think um, a lot of the panel um, is about engaging, creating engaging content. Um, and I think what we, because there's, as I said at, at the beginning, you know, there's the Timbers, there's also the Thorns, there's right. T2, um, and especially with the Thorns, you know, there's, there's, while there's crossover with fans, we also discovered as we sort of started learning about it and going through the process um, that there's a different way to connect with the Thorns fans than there yep. is with the Timbers fans. That Some Timbers fans don't go to Timbers games. Some Timbers fans don't go to Thorns games. Right. Um, and that's okay. Uh, so I think finding, as I say, that authenticity for both uh, teams. Um, there's certainly tools that we use out of the same toolbox that can work for both. Um, but we also want to keep stuff unique. And I think um, that panel, a lot of that panel, and, and I know some of the other people on the panel, um, TJ Ansley used to work at the Columbus Crew in a digital role, so I knew him from there. And now, obviously, he's here in Portland working at the right. Trailblazers. So it, I think it's going to be interesting. Um, and with Russell, too, coming from a, a collegiate perspective, you know, he's going to handle a number of teams. So, like, how do you engage different audiences, different levels of knowledge, um, and do so in an authentic and um, engaging way? Right. Now, um, what drew you... I mean, because we were talking before the show that you, you hadn't been to the conference last year, the the, the inaugural digital sports fan right. engagement conference. Um, what drew, did you hear about it through the grapevine, through some of your social media connections, your sports connections? What drew you to being a part of it this year? Um, well, honestly, they, they had reached out to me. Um, I think they've got my name through a, a connection through perhaps MLS, um, but what I thought was interesting, so as I, I started reading about it and looking at last year's, I was like, wow, there's, there's some really interesting people and um, really interesting perspectives from a lot of different sports and sports organizations. Um, I reached out to some other people that I did know as I looked at who spoke and presented at previously who had attended last year and say, hey, what, what can you tell me about this? What's it, what's it all about? And they're like, oh, yeah, this is, this is really cool. It's a really good um, gathering of people and, and a really good sharing of ideas and knowledge and I think what was interesting to me was um, while I'm uh, while I deal in soccer all the time um, yeah. and, and I this is also sometimes a professional challenge I get so in, engaged in soccer that I don't necessarily get to, to, to follow as many of the other sports that I, I, I still like in terms of baseball and hockey and, and mm -hmm. football and and but it's always good to hear those perspectives because they they're often dealing with things um, similar and coming up right. with different ideas. Um, they're obviously sometimes dealing with totally different things um, or things I haven't even thought of. So I think that's what was interesting to me uh, as I looked at sort of how the conference was laid out, who was going to be presenting, the kinds of panels and discussions and workshops that they were going to be um, having there looked really interesting and, and something that I could definitely learn and grow from. Well, you and me both, Brian, and even though we might have a little tete-a-tete -tete about our the Sounders and Timbers games coming up this year, 
We might. We'll we'll keep yeah. it civil. Oh, yeah. We might. I might have to do like a Twitter video with you. Uh, get our predict. Get some predictions <laughs> <laughs> for this season. Well, when when we meet down there, and we'll do some Twitter video, and I'll do some interviews with you down at the forum. But thank you for joining me tonight. Why don't you let everybody know where they can connect up with you, as well as the Portland Timbers, Portland Thorns. Uh, well, you can find me on Twitter at ba costello, and also on Instagram. Um, but I think a lot of the content that I put out is, and help put out and help lead is all on Timbers.com as well as PortlandThornsFC.com and then we also now have uh, Timbers2.com. Uh, that's also there's their Twitter handles at TimbersFC, at ThornsFC, at TimbersFC2. They're all on Facebook as well. Um, and, uh, yeah, that's, that's probably the best way to start following us. Well, thanks for joining me, and like I said, even though I was a Sounders fan, you you graciously continued to do the show, so thank you. We'll work through that. We'll work through the rivalry. (laughs) Thanks, everyone, for joining me tonight. Join me next week when I will have the fourth and final installment of my series with um, Q1 Productions. I will be joined by Rocky Harris, the Associate Athletic Director at my old stomping grounds, uh, Arizona State University and home of the Sun Devils. You can connect up with me right here on Google Plus plus Sunny Cadwallader on on Twitter and Instagram at Cadchica and always find me writing either about sports or sports and social media at, at my website, CadchicaSports.com. Next week's show will be at a special time, 9.30 a.m. Pacific time. 10.30 a.m. Arizona time, and we will talk to you next week. Thanks for joining us, everyone. We'll talk to you then. Growing up in Arizona, I had the pleasure of going to Arizona State football games. Having a dad that worked at the university allowed for our family to have season tickets, which, upon last check, we still have. So when I was given the opportunity to interview someone that worked there because of my Q1 partnership, well, I jumped at the chance. Rocky Harris is the Chief of Staff with ASU Sun Devil Athletics. Harris and I discussed in-game connection with fans, which is what he'll be talking about at the Q1 Forum. He was on the February 27th show. And I want you to listen for the phrase, Curtain of Distraction. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to Tuesday 10 with Cad Chica Sports. I am your host, Sonny Cadwallader, better known in the social media world as Cad Chica. And yes, we are appearing here on a Friday morning, even though the show is called Tuesday 10. It's a special edition. It is Tuesday 10 is a conversation. It could be 10 questions, 10 tips, or in the case of today, just 10 minutes. But it's a conversation with leaders and up-and-comers in the world of sports from media broadcasting, business marketing, social media, and more. Now, I said special edition because it really is. Number one, we are appearing on a Friday, but it's a special edition because it marks the final installment in a series I've been doing with my media partnership with Q1 Productions. Q1 is hosting the digital, the second annual Sports Fan Engagement Forum in Kansas City, Missouri. I will be there next week live tweeting and maybe even live interviewing with Twitter video and hopefully Wi-Fi willing broadcasting live from the forum. And one of my guests is joining me today. His name is Rocky Harris. He is from Arizona State. He will be speaking there, so please welcome in Rocky Harris. Hey, Rocky. Hey, thanks for having me. Thanks for joining me today. Why don't you introduce yourself with just a quick little bio? Yeah, Rocky Harris, uh, Chief of Staff here at Arizona State University. I actually grew up in Tempe uh, and then went and worked in pro sports in the NFL uh, for about seven or eight years. Then I worked in corporate America and then in Major League Soccer before coming back to my alma mater at, at ASU three years ago. Now, from talking with you earlier this week, you grew up in Tempe. Um, you went to school there. I am not going to mention the fact that my school happens to be the one of the many rivals, or at least they used to be in a nearby city, Go Dobson Mustangs. You went to Tempe High School. Now, did growing up there help you or hinder you when you actually came back to ASU to work, or what? What did what did growing up there help you with help or hinder you in this job 
Yeah, I think it really helped me because what it did is it allowed me to know the market really well, to have a good feel for that. And normally when you enter a new market, it takes you three to six months, maybe even nine months to figure out the market to understand it. So I came right in with an immediate understanding. So it really fast tracked uh, my ability to help get things done. And so, you know, overall, and, and, and also just knowing some of the key people in town from, from growing up here and the mayor of Tempe, I uh, went to the, uh, another high school that I, I used to compete against quite a bit. Uh, lots of people in town. It's a, even though it's the fifth largest city, uh, it, there's a lot of close-knit ties and a lot of the same people that interact with each other. So I think it really helped me a lot. Now, you, from looking at your bio, you've worked in the MLS with the Houston Dynamo. You've worked in the... Within the NF, with the NFL, especially um, part as part of su several Super Bowl committees, what did that, any of those roles or all of those roles, teach you about fans and actually how they engage or how to interact and connect with fans? Yeah, so the NFL, I think, does the best job overall. When I was at the 49ers and the Texans, we spent most of our time focused on the fan experience because we were pretty lucky where most of our games were sold out or all of them were. We had waiting lists for season ticket holders. So what happens when you're done filling the stadium is you have to focus all of your marketing attention, all your promotional attention, all your engagement around improving the fan experience, not only on game day but every day. And so in the NFL, I learned a lot about how to maximize fan potential, how to uh, maximize ROI, how to create customer lifetime value through engagement. Uh, when I went to Major League Soccer, it was almost the opposite, where we were focused on driving fans into the stadium. Mm -hmm. So we really had to differentiate ourselves uh, within the market to get people out there. And what, what I found uh, through working in Major League Soccer is that the supporter groups in Major League Soccer yeah. uh, really drive everything. And if you allow them to dictate and engage and be a part of the process, not uh, just show up on game day, but feel like they're engaged in every step of the way. Uh, they drive attendance for you. They drive the atmosphere. They're a lot like students in college athletics where you have to listen to them. You have to allow them to have a voice. Yeah. And when they say something that makes sense, you let them go and you let them do it because they know the audience even better than we do, even though better than we think we do. Speaking of student groups, there is something this I wish this was I wish this was around when I was down in Mesa. I probably would have gone to ASU basketball games more, but there's something called the curtain of distraction at Arizona State Sun Devils uh, basketball games. Can you tell me how this came about? Tell me a little bit more about the student involvement, the school involvement, what it is. Tell me about this. Yeah, so we have a student group called 942 Crew, and they come up with all these wacky ideas um, to try to have fun at games, which is exactly what we want our students to do. We don't want them to go there just for the product on the court. We want them to go there and have fun for many other reasons. So they come to us with lots of ideas, and this one, when they came to us, we knew it was gold right away. Uh, <laughs> you know, it, basically they set up two curtains uh, in the second half where the opposing team is shooting free throws into them, and they do all types of crazy things like, you know, dress up as Richard Simmons and dance to, uh, you know, look, uh, dressing unicorn. up in uni unicorn. Yeah, I mean, everything. Uh, and it works, too. It actually, there's been an impact not only on the experience on game day for all of our other fans, because we have a lot of fans now who stay in this, late in the second half that wouldn't have before, which helps our per caps, our revenue, um, and also enhances their experience, because even if you walk away and we don't win, we feel like that gives our fans one more reason to come back. And so, again, that was led by the students. They came to us with the idea. They're the ones who manage it and run it. Now, we have somebody who watches over to make sure they don't go overboard. <laughs> um, but we allow them some freedom there to, to go with it. And now students are lining up to be a part of it. And uh, what we're seeing, again, is that it's made national and international headlines, New York Times, ESPN, you know, Sports Center, Sports Illustrated. Um, everyone's covering it because it's unique. It's different. And that's what we always try to do as marketers is find things that are unique and different. And the best way to do that is allow your fans, in our case, our students, to tell us what, what, what that differentiation should be. So I'm guessing you'll never be actually be one of the people doing the curtain of distraction then. I would actually do it because I'm crazy enough to, but I don't know that my boss would like that or our president of our university, but watch out. Maybe next season I'll be out there. <laughs> I, I, think, I think Todd, you should get Todd, football coach Todd Graham out there. See, see what he can come up with. 
Yeah, we had actually Mike Berkovici and DJ Foster and a few other players. Uh, they participated in the Curtain of Distraction a few weeks ago. Uh, and I think that's probably about as far as it'll go. <laughs> oh, well, that's okay. Now, getting back to, uh, we're actually going to meet next week. Like I said, I'm going to try and broadcast live and do some Twitter interviews and um, from, the, from Kansas City at the Q1 Forum. How did you hear about this forum and what drew you to it? Well, you know, I got a call to participate in the forum, so I went and did a little research on it. And what really interested me is that they, they seem to be taking a different approach than all. I, I go to probably 10 conferences a year. Um, they're really focused on technology, the fan experience overall, and I thought I could really learn something from the other people um, that are presenting there. So, you know, when, when I heard about it, I did my, my due diligence and research on it, and it, it, even though it's only in its second year, it seems like something that in the future will be one of the bigger conferences in the country. Uh, and I'm glad to be a part of it. Well, I look forward to hearing from you. There, there's so many great things going on that it's like you have to pick and choose which ones. But I'm looking forward to meeting you. Um, why don't we? Why don't you let everybody know how they can connect with you and or ASU Sun Devils? Yeah, for me, it's uh, my Twitter handles Sun Devil Rocky. So just uh, reach out to me that way, or my email address is rocky.harris at asu.edu. You can email me anytime, ask me any questions. I'm always willing to help, especially younger people in the industry who need some advice along the way. I was there. I know how hard it is, and it took people telling me how to get to the next step in order for me to get there. So I'm always willing to help. And we do have my friend Heather Crafter. She is from Arizona, and she's saying go Sun Devil. So thanks, thanks Heather, for, t for joining there the show. Go, Heather. Yes, um, and I'm looking, like I said, I'm looking forward to meeting you, and I hope to hear about more about what the Sun Devils are doing. Now, let me let me ask you what this is. Am I doing this right? Uh, yeah, you're, you're doing that right. All right. They didn't yeah, have this. They didn't have this when I was down there. What? What? Again, when did that was, start? It was created by a fan. Uh, it's fans one time threw up the pitchfork, and then everybody started following suit. Uh, so now everybody does it in our market, and, and, and we love it. It represents Sun Devils. When you see Sun Devils, you throw up the pitchfork, and everybody knows it. I know. From, from Whether it's Sparky or the pitchfork, it's like, go Sun Devils. But anyways, thanks for joining me, Rocky. I'm, I look forward to meeting you next week. Thank you. I enjoyed it. Appreciate it. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in. And like I said, I am hoping to broadcast live from the Q1 Sports Fan Engagement Forum. I will be there Monday and Tuesday. Be sure to connect with me on Twitter, Instagram, and even Snapchat, too. I'm going to be sharing a lot of content and, um, at Cad Chica, and hopefully... Now that I have Twitter video on my phone and iPad, I'm going to hopefully do some 30-second quick soundbite interviews and stay in touch with the hashtag Q1SFE15. Also, be sure to check out my website, cadchicasports.com, for observations and musings from around the world of sports and sports social media. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in, and we'll talk to you next time. My thanks to Adam, Lauren, Brian, and Rocky, and also to Q1 Productions. Q1 hosts a wide variety of conferences and fields from all types of businesses. If sports isn't your area of expertise, check out their website, q1productions.com, to see if there is a conference that is in your field. If sports is your thing, make sure you're connected with them on Twitter. Their Twitter handle is at Q1Sports. My thanks to Q1 and to you, my listeners, for supporting me and Tuesday 10 with Kajuka Sports.